welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to season four of the Real People, Real Talk podcast. And I am joined today by my bride and my co-host, Ariel. What up, what up? (laughs) We have good news for you. We are going to resume doing weekly episodes. That's right. Every Wednesday, we are bringing you a new episode. And before we get started, I just want you to hear our hearts, to hear our vision for this podcast ministry. Man, we aim to provide content that's going to help you to thrive in your walk with the Lord, content that will help you to thrive in your mental and emotional health, and content that will help you to thrive in your relationships. But more than anything, it's my prayer that every single episode and every conversation will point you to Jesus. Amen. This leads perfectly into our January series because... This month, we are focusing on how to have the best year ever, as we will be giving our top 23 best life hacks and words of wisdom that will help you to thrive spiritually, mentally, and relationally. Yes, for 2023, we want to give you our best of the best top 23 hacks. Here we go. And this is just part one. And this is the spiritual foundation. So number one, you are to give your life to Jesus. Amen, brother. John three sixteen through 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's the word. Listen, my friend, choosing Jesus Christ It's the best choice that you can ever make. Jesus, he gave you his life. Now it's time for you to give him your life. Jesus Christ, he counted you worthy enough to die for. So you should count him worthy enough to live for. So, babe, why is it important that we give our lives to the Lord? The question is, why not? Why not give your life to the Lord? Come on. You know, I just think that if you are a Christian or you say that you're a Christian or you're trying to be a Christian, that's the first step. The first step is to give your life to the Lord because you have to know who you're serving. Either you're serving God or you're serving something else. So you got to figure it out. And if you want to serve God, you got to give him your life. You got to do it first. You can say that again. The sooner that you choose Jesus, the better off that you're going to be. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this one decision it impacts so much. It impacts now and our time and earth and impacts later where we're going to spend eternity. We don't like to talk about that, but that's the truth. Um, studies show that we make about 35,000 decisions each day. Let's say you live to your mid 70s, 74 or five or six. Um, when you do the math, my wife is a math teacher, by the way, when you do the math, that comes out to about one billion choices in a lifetime. And choosing Jesus Christ is the most important decision out of any of those other one billion decisions. Mm-hmm. But, babe, you know, Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. 
That's the word. Mm -hmm. And I have already devoted an entire episode to the gospel explaining who Jesus is, what he has done for us, and why we should follow him. And I'll leave that link in the show notes. So once you give your life to Jesus, the next step is to develop that relationship with him, which leads us to point number two. Reading God's word, a.k.a. the Bible, consistently. This is a tough one, (laughs) y'all. And speaking of reading God's word, honey, uh, let's give the people your favorite scripture and why. Okay, okay. So right now, my favorite scripture would have to be 2 Corinthians 4, 18. It says, so fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, that's my favorite scripture right now, right? I feel like we go through different seasons in our lives and our favorite scripture may change based on the different seasons that we're in. And right now, that's my favorite scripture. It just reminds me that, yes, we have a great life. And yes, we have things in this life that we love, but we can't forget about the Lord. We can't forget about our eternal blessing. And in order to get to that eternal blessing, we got to live for God. You can say that again. And just to add to that, friends, if you want to hear from God, if you want to hear God speak, all you have to do is to open up the Bible and read it because God is always speaking. I've heard it said like this, that we need to get into God's word until it gets into us. Knowing God's word will help you to know who you are in Christ. Knowing God's word will equip you to to walk in purpose and to answer God's call on your life. Knowing God's word, reading the Bible will help you to grow in your faith. It will help us to renew our minds and to keep our mind on the main thing, keep our focus on Jesus. So speaking of reading God's word, what are some other ways that we can consume God's word, honey? All right, babe. Before I answer that question, I just want to speak to the people on a real, real. Oh, you come know on what I'm saying? Come on, on a for real, for real, right? So like you said before, I'm a math teacher. So I'm a numbers type of person. I'm not a reading language arts, reading type of person. So I struggle, right, with reading my Bible consistently, okay? It's a struggle. And I'm just being 100% transparent and honest. It's a struggle because I'm not a reader. I never have been. When it comes down to books, I don't even skim. I pretend I read them and I move on. Okay. <laughs> Teacher. <laughs> yes, exactly. And my kids know it. They know it. Um, but it's so important for us to read our Bible. And even if we fall off because we're not being consistent on it, um, we got to get back up. Okay, we can't fall off and just say, oh, I'm not a reader, so I don't need to read my Bible. God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart, but we also got to try. Right. And he going to honor us trying. Okay, we may not get it right 100 percent of the time. I don't get it right 100 percent of the time. And it's a struggle. It really is. And so I really have to set aside time for me to read my word because I do struggle reading. You know, and you got to know yourself. You you got to know who you are and how you handle things. Some people read, right? Some people can pick up a book and read it. Cool. That's awesome. Some people can't. Okay. And you got to know yourself and you got to know how can I still try to do this thing consistently? How can I still try to do this um, even when I don't feel like it or even when I am sleepy or even when this or even when that? You got to let God win. 
Okay, you got to let God win 100%. So I feel the non-readers out there, I feel you, you know, but we still have to try. We still have to open up our Bible and try to read our Bible and get a rhythm down, get a routine down, figure out which time of the day you're going to be best at reading your Bible. Okay, may not be right when you wake up, may not be right when you're trying to go to sleep, but you got to figure out your rhythm and you got to try to keep it. Okay, and we're going to talk about Bible plans later because that helps to having a routine. But I just wanted to say that for you people out there that are like me. And, and babe, I'm so glad that you took the time to to keep it real, because although you say that you're, you're not a reader, I'm so glad that you didn't just leave it there because God calls us to get out, get out of our comfort zone. He calls us to deny our flesh. So even though you may not feel like a reader, it's about being disciplined and making the right choices, even when you don't feel like it. So um, a reading is not the only way that we can consume God's word. Mm-hmm. There's some other ways that we can consume God's word, such as. Right. Such as listening to it, audio Bibles, right? Studying it, memorizing it, but most importantly, obeying it. Yes, man. Knowing God's word will enable you to be victorious in spiritual warfare that you know in this life we're going to face for example i'm gonna try not to preach but for example if you are feeling lonely the bible says in hebrews 13 and 5 that god will never leave you or forsake you when you're feeling afraid in second timothy 1 7 it says for god is not giving you a spirit of fear but a spirit of power love and a sound mind if you are experiencing doubt ephesians 3 20 says that god is able to do exceedingly and abundantly but all that you ask or think. In other words, whatever problems that life will present us, God's word always has a solution. Amen. Amen. So your action point is to get the Bible out and start a reading plan. That way, each day you will have a reminder, which you can set on the Bible app, and um, you will know what to read. You can start small. It can be a three-day plan, a five-day plan, or a 30-day plan. But start now. Do not Wait. Amen. Yes. And life hack number three to make 2023 the best year ever is to pray daily. So, babe, God, I believe that God speaks to us through his word and we speak back to him through prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer, um, that's our opportunity to really just to be real and to pour out our hearts to God, to to bring our burdens to him, to lay it all at his feet. And it's through prayer, it's through that communing with him, it's through talking to him that it would deepen our relationship with him and really just bring us into alignment of his will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Yes, God wants to hear from you. So make time to talk to him today. Pray daily, my friend. Amen. Tip number four, find a good church and attend faithfully. Yeah, you want to find a church that is preaching the gospel, preaching God's word, the unadulterated truth, not sugarcoating anything, but speaking the truth. And before I share my two cents, babe, I just want to ask you personally, um, in your own words, why do you think church is important? Um, I think church is important because. It is community, but not only is it community, but um, I feel like at church, you are able to be fed. You are able to be able to be around like-minded people um, in the same vicinity and 
you know, you're all focused on the same thing, which is giving honor and glory to God. Um, it's not about you. It's not about self. It's not about um, a show or trying to look good, but it's literally being gathered with other people who are like minded and being able to really, I mean, cause you're praying at church, you're worshiping at church, you're listening, you're doing all these things so you, and you're doing it unto God. And so you're able to do that with people that are like minded around you. Um, I think that we can read the Bible and do Bible apps and listen to videos and things like that and do virtual church and so on and so forth. But it's just something about being inside of the church building. Yes. Um, you know, I know the scripture says when two or three are gathered together, but imagine 50 and 60 and a hundred and, you know, sometimes thousands of people gathered together and you're all on one like-mindedness. Um, it's a different type of feeling. So I th- churches, churches where it's at, you know what I'm saying? Hebrews ten twenty five says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, church attendance isn't, Merely a good suggestion, but it's God's will for your life as a believer. As my wife already said, church is a place for worship. We worship, you know, through singing of songs, through giving of our tithes and offering, through hearing God's word. Um, it's a place of fellowship and a community. It's a place where you can love and be loved, a place where you can serve and be served. It's a place to have conversations, as my wife said, like with like minded people, with other believers that would encourage you in your walk with the Lord. It's also, we don't like to talk about this as much as a society, but church is also a place of accountability. We need people in our lives that's going to ask us the hard questions. They're going to go beyond, you know, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. They're going to say, no, how you really doing? Um, have you been in God's word? Have you been praying consistently? And so the gathering of God's people, when we gather together, that will help us to draw closer to the Lord and to strengthen our faith. Babe, what is number five? Number five is to forgive. Yes. Listen, if you're going to have the best year ever, you need to leave the past in the past. You need to forgive and you need to move on. And who are you? Hmm? Who are you to not forgive somebody else when God has forgiven you? Come on. You know, this one thing I live by. How can I not forgive this person when God forgives me every single day I wake up? All the small things, the things I think people don't see. He sees it all, right? He sees it all. The thoughts in my head, all that. He see it and he forgive me for it when I ask for forgiveness. You know what I'm saying? And so who are you not to forgive somebody when you are being forgiven every single day, moment in and moment out? One, it's not a way to live, okay? Keep an unforgiveness in your heart. Whether you think you moved on or not, you may have think you moved on and say, oh, I don't forgave that person. But if somebody bring it up and you start getting angry about it, have you really forgiven that person? But Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. Forgiveness means... That you are not going to allow the pain to destroy you or to define you. So please don't come into this new year with all of that hurtful baggage. Release that person. Release that hurt. 
release that thing and allow God to heal you. The worst prison is the prison of an unforgiven heart. But guess what? You got the key in your hand and that key is called forgiveness. So set yourself free and forgive. Yes, sir. And we know there are some things that are, you know, it's easier said than done type things. Right. And there are some things that you feel that you just should not forgive that person for. Okay. And God knows all. He knows all. So I would give it up to God. Okay. Give it up to God. Even if you might not see that person again, but you just need some type of reconciliation within yourself, within your mind, give it to God. He can handle it all. If you think that you can't handle it, give it to him. There's a real right there. And number six, practice gratitude. Yes. Practicing gratitude is a great habit to start this year. You know, something amazing happens in your mind and your body when you implement this habit, training your mind to see the good. Yeah, I totally agree. I believe that practicing gratitude, it will have a positive impact on your mood and your overall mental and emotional health. I was reading an article from the Harvard Medical School that said this. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. There it is right there. Gratitude helps people to feel more positive emotions, to relish good experiences, to improve their health, deal with adversity and build strong relationships. End quote. Now to get even more practical, you can express gratitude in various ways. For example, you can keep a list. It could be physical or digital, and you can just list out um, the three things that you are most grateful for. You can do that either in the morning or you can do that at night. You can also practice gratitude through your time with the Lord, through prayer. During your time with him, just tell him what you're grateful for. Um, express that praise and thanksgiving to God that he is worthy of. Amen. Psalms 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. First Thessalonians 5.16-18 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yes, that's the word. Gave you something from the Old Testament and the New Testament talking about Thanksgiving and expressing gratitude. And speaking of expressing gratitude, honey, um, what are you thankful for right now? I'm thankful for life. I'm thankful for um, a home to live in, cars to drive. A job to go to. I'm thankful for being in my right mind. Thankful for activity of my limbs. I'm thankful for the always, always keeping God. You know, I'm thankful for who he is to me and in my life. And I can go on and on of being thankful. I love that. And I didn't prep you for this. Um, but how do you feel right now that after expressing that gratitude, a real time um, response? Real time response. I feel awesome. You know, that's why I said I can keep going on and on being thankful to God because it's a lot of things that I could have went through or could have turned me this way or I could have taken that way or so on and so forth. But God is still faithful. Yes, God is still faithful. Something about expressing gratitude and praise and thanksgiving to God that would just shift the atmosphere and it would shift your mood. And before we conclude with number seven, we want to give you a quick recap 
Number one. Give your life to God. Number two is to read God's word daily. Three is to pray daily. Number four is to find a good church and attend faithfully. Number five is to forgive. Number six is to practice gratitude. And number seven is do not put God in a box. Have faith. Y'all, I feel like preaching on this one. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse one, it says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Verse six continues and says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I just want to encourage you with this seventh and final hack, best words of wisdom, best piece of advice for part one is to have faith in God. I want to encourage you to trust God again, to believe God again, to put your faith, your hope, your trust and confidence in him alone. Maybe 2022 wasn't good to you. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you're even doubting God and doubting what he can do through you and in your life. I just want to encourage you to pick your faith back up, to walk by faith, knowing that this God that we serve, he loves you. He is for you. He is faithful. He is sovereign. And he has such a good plan for your life. That job situation, God can handle it. That issue in your body, God can handle it. Whatever you are facing isn't bigger than the God that we serve. And just speaking of faith, like if we're honest, babe, we put our faith in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go to a doctor that maybe we have never met right. and we, we didn't see his degree. We didn't see his grades, but we trust what he or she says to us while we're at the doctor. And then to take it a step further, we go to this place, the pharmacist, and most of the time they give us the name of a drug that we can't spell or pronounce. And we go meet this other person that we do not know. And we're having so much faith in the pharmacist that they, that they are going to give us the right medicine. Mm-hmm. I gave you all those examples to say this. If you can put faith in a doctor, if you can put faith in a pharmacist, Preach. why not put your faith in God? Come on now. Ephesians three twenty says now. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Mark nine twenty three says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. Amen to the word of God. So all seven of these tips, all seven of these life hacks will help you to build a strong spiritual foundation and help you to have the best year ever, 2023. And I have done sermons solely dedicated to the majority of these topics uh, that I've mentioned today. And so I'm going to leave the link in the show notes so you can check those out as well. But be sure to tune in to part two as we dive into ways that you can thrive and have the best year mentally and emotionally. Yes, part two is definitely going to be a must listen. But thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope, we pray that this content will help you to have the best year ever and just point you in the right direction. And lastly, if you enjoy today's content, be sure to share this episode, share this podcast on your social media and text the link to a few friends inviting them to take a listen. Once again, happy new year and we will see you next week.